This is People Every Day. Coming up... I just love the fact that people are going to know the richness of her story. Good Morning America's Robin Roberts on Early Mornings, her new film project, and what quarantine was like. Plus, former Playboy playmates at odds over what really happened at Hugh Hefner's mansion. And Bridgerton's reggae Jean Page speaks out on rumors he was passed over for a role due to his race. It's April 8th. Hi, everyone. This is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, bringing you the news you need, the news you want, and the news you didn't know you didn't know for this Thursday. (laughs) Random happy news in my world. My orchid has bloomed. I'm no green thumb, but I've had it forever, and it didn't seem like it wanted to make an appearance this season, but she popped out bright and early yesterday, and if you can't tell, I'm very pleased with myself. (laughs) I'm also pleased with having had the chance to interview Good Morning America's Robin Roberts who you'll get to hear from later in the show. She's just a ray of sunshine and talks all about her time spent in quarantine and her newest project, executive producing the Lifetime film Mahalia, about legendary gospel singer and activist Mahalia Jackson. So stay tuned for that. In a bit of sad news, though, rapper DMX is still in a coma following his overdose and heart attack over the weekend. The latest from his manager is that they were running brain tests to check for any activity. Just a heartbreaking time for his family and all of his fans, and we'll keep you updated on any developments there. As for top stories today, I have People.com Associate Editor Jody Guglielmi on with me to dig into what's bubbling up. Hi, Jody. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I'm excited to be here. We have so much to talk about. I know. So we're starting off with some news out of the nostalgia television world. Ease the Girls Next Door, which ran from 2005 to 2010. And I guess former classmates and ex-girlfriends of Hugh Hefner, Holly Madison and Kendra Wilkinson are in a bit of a back and forth, right, over something that Madison said. Yes, she, you know, for years, they've kind of been talking back and forth about what's gone on in the mansion. That seems to be where the discrepancy lies. Kendra Wilkinson and Holly Madison have forever had different accounts of what really went down when they were living there and filming the show. And Holly recently went on a a podcast, the Call Her Daddy podcast, and implied that anybody who moved into the house had to sleep with Hugh Hefner before they were invited to live there. Mm. And that, of course, goes directly against what Kendra Wilkinson said a couple years ago. Kendra said that, you know, weeks went by after she had moved in before she realized that anybody was having sex. So completely opposite stories. Yeah, yeah. And I think Madison said on the show that I'm not trying to slut shame anybody or anything, but nobody ever got asked to move in unless they had slept with him first. And and then I see Kendra's talking about, dude, it's 2021, basically saying, like, why are you bringing this up? Right. Yeah, I think that it's it's one of those things that in some ways, Kendra is like, listen, like this is, you know, over a decade ago, we have moved on. We have families. Why are we still talking about this? Mm. But, you know, in some ways it could be, is she saying that because she got caught in a lie or is she really just over it? Yeah. And so I think when I was looking at this story, it kind of is one of those things where they're putting the microscope on something that existed in a particular time and a particular place. And maybe it was uh, the experience of it in that moment is so different than how we look at things now. I mean, if you uh, there's there's always been problems surrounding the Playboy Mansion and just the whole 
whole ex- experience around that. But uh, just to say, like, uh, these were really young women and they were expected to do something to be able to go into this lifestyle. Uh, I think, you know, in the era of Me Too and and, and where we are now, uh, that could be the reason why it's coming back up again, right? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a reason that this kind of show and this kind of situation doesn't exist today. And so I think in a lot of ways, them talking about it, you could look at it as they're shedding light on a situation to maybe show how far we've come, that like what they went through wasn't okay, and they have regrets and going like they wouldn't do that kind of thing again. But again, then you have Kendra, who's like, it's 2021. Like, why are we talking about this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 2021. That's probably why they're talking about it finally in this way, if you want to flip that on its head. Um, but just really interesting. And, and it's one of those things where you go back and look at it with, you know, current eyes and you're like, ooh, that. Ugh. Yeah. And you have to remember, we're talking about two girls who have famously not liked each other. So I yeah. think in this situation, it's the classic case of there's three sides to every story, Holly's truth, Kendra's truth, and the actual truth. So it's a big case of she said, she said, but I think everyone can agree that we're glad we're out of that time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so let's shift over to Reggae Jean Page, someone I can talk about all day long. Um, (laughs) He is, of course, uh, the breakout star, big breakout star of... Bridgerton, the show that I could watch all day long. No, okay, we're going to stop. But um, (laughs) there is just a lot of news about uh, a casting that he didn't get. So walk us through what all is going on there. Yeah, so he auditioned for the role of Superman's grandfather in the sci-fi series Krypton, which premiered in 2008, went off the air a year later. And He auditioned for the role. He wasn't ever cast in it. So it's not like he lost the role. He did not get it. And now it has come out that he allegedly was not offered the role because he is black. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is something that I feel like they're they're counteracting, saying like, you know, they're twisting this. Right. Like I saw some reports that said that they're defending their casting decision, saying that it just he wasn't right for it. He, He never you know, made it past the first round and uh, we needed someone that looked like the other actors and he didn't look like the other actors. Well, that's the interesting part, right? Like they said, he he never got past the first round. Therefore, his race was never brought into discussion. But also they're saying one of the reasons he didn't get past the first round is because we needed somebody who resembled the other actors, which, of course, is Henry Cavill and Russell Crowe, who played Henry Cavill's father. You know, it's kind of implying it is kind of implying that maybe he didn't get the role because he's black. Yeah. And and he, of course, spoke out yesterday saying that hearing about these conversations hurts no less now than it did back then. Uh, the clarifications almost hurt more, to be honest. Uh, so he's not going with that train of thought either saying like you know no it wasn't about race it just you just weren't the right fit and it it sounds like he he's not cool with that no and it sounds like also he was never really given a clear reason as to why he didn't get the Mm. role and so when he says the clarifications almost hurt more now i think that you can infer that he's saying now that he's learned that his race played a factor that is what is the most hurtful in this situation 
Yeah. And so just to go back, this is all coming up out of the Hollywood Reporter uh, expose, essentially, with actor Ray Fisher, who is talking about all types of issues within the DC universe and specifically uh, with his experience on the set of the 2017 Justice League film. And he has all of these allegations against Joss Whedon, um, who was brought on for that film. And yeah, it's been a back and forth that's been going on and on and on. Um, and Gal Gadot was brought into this and, and she even said that she had issues with Joss Whedon on the set of her films and, and that, you know, Warner Brothers came in and, and made things better. But uh, this is just kind of ongoing about like the issues and the questions around um, diversity, around uh, possible, you know, sexual misconduct, all that surrounding Joss Whedon and the DC Universe. Yeah, I think that it's great that this stuff is all being brought to light because you have to talk about it in order for there to be change. Yeah, and I, I feel like Regajan is going to land on his feet very, <laughs> very well. We heard we heard that he's not coming back for season two of Bridgerton, which broke a lot of hearts. But the future is bright. Yes, for Mr. I mean, Page. there have been plenty of rumors about his next casting. I am all for there's the rumors about James Bond. He has not confirmed or denied. So I'm mm-hmm. living in my fantasy that this is the truth and he's going to be our next James Bond. Ooh, okay, let's just let's just dream. Let's just dream, Jody. Uh, last thing, uh, have you ever been in a pageant? No. <laughs> <laughs> have no? you? I did. I did pageants for a little while. And um, I just feel so bad. You know where I'm going with this for Mrs. Sri Lanka. Uh, This story has been bubbling up all week. Uh, She got her crown stripped from her so rudely right on stage um, by the former Mrs. Sri Lanka. And now the, the latest, just take people through the latest update because the drama continues. Yeah, so the winner was crowned. She had her sash around her. The crown was attached to her head. And then the former winner in the reigning Miss World, Caroline Jury, walked up to her and literally snatched the crown off of her head, like took it off of her head. And she said that she cannot be crowned Miss World because she is a divorced woman. And now in this pageant, there is a clause that says this pageant is meant for married women. Yeah, misses. So this is the misses world. Yes. Yes. And so there's a clause that says you have to be currently married. You cannot be divorced. And so Caroline Jury, who won last year, believed that the current winner was divorced and said, you cannot have this crown and, and literally took it from her off. You all have to be married. And so aggressively so, I guess, that so? there was damage. Like, the f- charges have been filed. Um, and now, former Mrs. <laughs> World was arrested, along with, uh, you know, another person who was involved in this. And, uh, like, what? And they've she, she has the crown now, right? Like, she she was recrowned? Yeah, she was recrowned. Um, yes, uh, Caroline Jury and Chula Padmara were arrested and charged with simple hurt and criminal charges. They have been released from jail, but have to go back to court on April 19th. And when the crown was taken off her head, she immediately said she was willing to resort to legal action. So it seems like she Mm. did just that because she said that not only was she hurt, but like this is a disgrace, you know? It was just really rude. And then also like 
such an overstepping. Like, who made you like the the rules police? And it turns out she's not divorced. She is separated uh, from her husband. So she's technically still married. She could technically still win. She did win. I think it's one of those moments where everyone was like, wait, is this actually happening? Like, what Mm -hmm. is going on? Because it's one thing to, you know, protest the crowning after the fact, but to do it on live television is next level. And so, like, boldly, like, she snatches it off, puts it on the runner-up's head and then sticks her arm in the air like, look, I, I have I have justice is served. Like, what are you doing? I know. She thought she was like the hero of the moment. Um, so, I mean, it's just it's just a mess. Oh, my goodness. Jody, thank you so much for popping on the show today and talking through this. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Next up, I catch up with another woman you hear from every day. Good Morning America's Robin Roberts. Stay tuned. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone, I am so excited and, if I'm honest, a little bit nervous to be interviewing a master interviewer right now, award-winning journalist and beloved Good Morning America co-anchor Robin Roberts. She's here with me today to talk about the great reason she's in the news right now. She's producing the highly anticipated new Lifetime film Robin Roberts Presents Mahalia Jackson, starring actress Danielle Brooks, you know, of Orange is the New Black fame. Hi, Robin. How are you doing? I am blessed and highly favored. (laughs) There you go. See, that's why Danielle Brooks is going to be singing in Mahalia (laughs) and I'm not singing. There's the reason why I'm behind the scenes with this one. How are you? That wasn't terrible. That wasn't terrible. I'm good. (laughs) Oh, it wasn't terrible. Thank you. Well, okay. It's technically still morning right now, but in in your world, I guess coming off of GMA, it must feel like late afternoon, like early evening. I want a steak dinner. Is that is that odd to want a steak dinner at nine fifteen in the morning? (laughs) But for me, oh, we'll stand that urge. I'll wait until a little bit later. But it is. It's just it's just a different kind of flow that you get into because. Most people, when they start their day, you kind of crescendo. You go into the office. Yeah. Well, not the office any longer, but, you know, you start your day wherever you are now. Mm-hmm. It kind of builds. We're shot out of a cannon to begin the day. Good morning, America. <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't have it any other way. 
Awesome. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I, I started this show, um, maybe it's going on two months now, and coming from behind the scenes to doing a daily show, I just wanted to get a little bit of advice before we get into everything. Like, how do you keep the energy up every day? Oh, um, you know, you, you you just have to be yourself. I'm I'm really big on authenticity. You know, people, especially in the morning, they don't want you to fake it. They just want you to be real. And they want the same from you yeah. as well. Transparency and vulnerability is a strength. You know, we're, we're afraid to show our emotions and feeling that people will think it's a weakness, especially as women. We think, oh, if I show emotion. No, people want that. So just, you know, approach it. You're just two months in. <laughs> you know, keep that curiosity and keep this feeling you have right now yeah because you're, there are going to be some days that you're like oh i'm doing this again and you have to remind yourself oh i i wanted this i i and keep that passion oh yeah yeah you'll be fine you're kidding. thank you thank you thank you that's so awesome advice from the expert uh, so so let's talk mihelia and this project you have, of course have your production company but why this particular story why i mean which means a lot to me i remember my mom singing her throughout the house and 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 just growing up with that that huge voice uh, so was it the same for you and why you got behind this same for me same for me uh, i grew up in the south mihelia was born in new orleans and then went to chicago but my mother uh, was a singer she enjoyed singing. She enjoyed singing in the church. In fact, she went to Howard University and she was in a choral group there. So I remember Mahalia always playing in the house. And I remember her iconic black and white photo. Looking up, yep. Yeah, her voice is so angelic. Trouble out of the world, I'm going home. And I just really wanted people to know the full story about her. She was a we know that she can sing. Yeah. You know, that she is the queen of gospel, but she was a she was a businesswoman and she was all about civil rights. I mean, she was out there um singing at fundraisers and I yeah. people to have we you know, she unfortunately passed away at the age uh, she was about 60 years old when she passed. Mm -hmm. And we spend in the film Kenny Leon, the director and co-executive producer, he is Tony Award winning Kenny Leon. Nice. Uh, yeah, nice. We decided to vote 40 of her 60 years. So we we take like a 40 year chunk of her life uh -huh. and have it on display in the movie. And Danielle Brooks. Tell him about the dream. That selection for this. When I saw the picture, when we got the first look um, in people, I said, oh, well, that's spot on. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we had the script for a while and we just didn't have the right cast yeah so we sat on it a little bit and had to do some fine tuning with the script and this that and the other uh we, we signed with kenny leon and he was like i know who the hell he is i know you like, need yeah she <laughs> he worked with her before and she, i said danielle brooks really i'm like tasty tasty from orange is new black <laughs> really <laughs> and yes she is mahalia jackson she just really transforms herself. And she said that she felt that she was destined to play her. You know, Danielle grew up in the church. And so that was something that was very um, near and dear to her. And I cannot wait for people to see her performance. It is just, it is absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Nice, nice, nice. So, so for people who don't know Mahalia Jackson, can you give just a little bit of taste of something that you learned about her um, in making this film? That how much that she um, stood her ground and that how many people wanted her 
to sing secular music or even the blue mm -hmm. and how determined she was and how she um, how true she was to herself. I also didn't realize I knew to the extent her work with civil rights, mm -hmm. the fact that being there in the March on Washington and Dr. King was a good friend of hers at that point. And so Reverend King is, you know, he's giving his speech and she's the one that yells out, tell him about the dream, Martin, tell him about the dream. And then we remember the most about the March on Washington. The I have a dream speech. Yeah. Had not been for Mahalia, perhaps shouting out to him because she had heard him with that speech before, but he really wasn't into that. And she was like, come on now. And so I just love the fact that people are going to know the richness of her story, not just one of the greatest gospel singers of our time, Carnegie Hall. I mean, 1950, yeah. a black woman singing gospel at Carnegie Hall. Come on now. I just remember her. She, she had these cameos and movies as well. And, and, and you would just hear her voice come through and it would just shake you. So I'm so excited for this film. Uh, tell me, how has it been working on this? I mean, you have a day job. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so so what, what was that process like, that workflow of, of working on the film and, and doing GMA? So incredibly blessed. Um, having the lifetime people who know their audience and know how, so they put a lot mm -hmm. of pieces together and uh, really relying on the people that I have around me. And I'm still a newbie when it comes to this. So I'm a sponge yeah. and I'm learning and yeah, I add my, my spin to it, but just really still in the learning process. And in COVID, we even hadn't said the C word yet because we had to film yeah. in Vancouver um, during COVID at the end of last year. It was uh, November into December was a filming on location there and everyone had to be quarantined. I was not able to travel. So I had to rely on Kenny sending me the dailies to be able to watch and everything. Lots of Zoom calls. A lot of Zoom <laughs> calls. Uh, Linda Berman is another executive that I work with both here mm -hmm. in BC and with Lifetime. And without those people around around me, um, I, I wouldn't be able to do this. Just so grateful to have the people that I work with. And this has been a really, this is this has been a hard year. Look where you are. I know that's a green screen. Yeah. I know that's not your yeah. home. But you, you be creative. And <laughs> if you can hear my baby in the background <laughs> screaming. <laughs> I love it. That's life. Yeah. How old is your baby? Oh, so she is seven months now. She might be a Mahalia Jackson. She's a singer. Because <laughs> she, yeah, she has octaves. If you ask my producer, she, <laughs> she's like, oh, she's doing her scales today. <laughs> oh, what's your name? Her name is Raimi. Ramy. Ramy. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Is that a family name or? No, my sister came up with it. We want my son's name. He's five and uh -huh. his name is Reese. And uh, yeah. we were trying to figure out an, another R name. Well, Robin Renee Roberts, I could give you my RR. You see my, can you see in the back? Oh my goodness. I see your RR. Yeah. Ramy Rubenstein, Reese Rubenstein. Robin Roberts, <laughs> adopt me, please. There we go. <laughs> you see how I turn it into like I started interviewing you? Yep, yep, see? These are the skills. <laughs> These are the skills. <laughs> Robin, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you. That's so, I, I'm so excited that you said that. <laughs> that was Robin Roberts. For more on her, head over to people.com and catch Mahalia streaming now on Lifetime. Before you go, let me give you something to make you smile. 
you know what irks me? Jeans with fake pockets. Or no pockets at all, right? I think that irks everyone. Well, a seven-year-old leader in the making named Cameron Gardner has made it her mission to resolve this impractical pocket problem. The first grader from Evening Star Elementary School used her new skill of persuasive writing, which her class was working on, and sent a letter to Old Navy. Her request was simple. Make jeans for girls with real pockets. Listen. I didn't like the Pockets, because I like pockets. I was going to just tell the Old Navy people, but I don't know them, so I decided to write a letter. They wrote back, praised her insightful feedback, and even threw in a few pairs with pockets on the house. (laughs) Next up, persuading her parents to up the allowance that goes in those new pockets. Have a good one. I'll catch you guys tomorrow. 